0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, the BYU football defensive staff now officially set with the addition of another former standout player.
1: And how will we judge defensive success in year one of the Big 12?
0: Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, January 3rd of 2023. First live BYUSN of the new year. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan in the year of the Big 12.
1: It is the year of the Big 12, which is exciting. Uh, hopefully, BYU wins some WCC titles, and uh, then we move on, then we move on, which will be fun. But today, we've got a loaded show. Tyler Algier and Jamal Williams go off. ESPN's Trevor Madich on the amazing college football playoff games. Finally, some real good semifinals. They were incredible. The defensive staff is in place. We'll talk to him about that. And BYU gets its QB1 and RB1. Speaking of, Aiden Robbins will join us, why BYU was a great fit for the hopefully future NFL running back and the top five things we are looking forward to in 2023. But first, today's headlines.
0: Let's do this. BYU football announces the hire of Justin Enna as a new defensive assistant coach. Enna, the former Cougar linebacker great, played at BYU from 1997 to 2001 and returns to Provo after several coaching stops including most recently leading the defensive line at San Diego State in 2022. The defensive staff at BYU now complete with Enna coaching linebackers, Kelly Papinga coaching defensive ends and special teams, Sione Puja coaching the defensive tackles, Jernaro Guilford with the corners, and Jay Hill coaching safeties. What kind of a difference will that staff make in year one of the Big 12? We'll discuss that in just a few minutes.
1: Three Cougars declare for the NFL Draft. Wide receiver Gunnar Romney, who overcame a bunch of injuries uh, this year to play in a couple of games, is going to bounce. Linebacker Peyton Wilgar fought through injuries as well, ultimately didn't finish the season hurt. Lorenzo Faltea had his share. All guys with eligibility, but have been at BYU for four or five seasons already, are leaving to go to the NFL.
0: BYU men's basketball sinks Portland 71-58 in a New Year's Eve win on Saturday night to extend the Cougars' win streak to seven games, the second longest win streak in the Mark Pope era. It's just the fourth time in 12 WCC seasons that BYU has opened conference play 2-0. Gideon George led the Cougars with 20 points. Spencer Johnson, in his second game back from injury, added nine points. Two significant road games this week, including a legit test at improved LMU on Thursday night, 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific, then at San Diego on Saturday night.
1: Women's Hoops beat St. Mary's 66-41 Saturday, led by a career-high 24 points, 7 assists from Nani Falatea. Lauren Gustin had another double-double. Of course, 13 points, 16 boards. Cougars don't play Thursday, but host San Diego Saturday at 4 Eastern on the TV app.
0: Let's recap Cougars in the NFL. Starting with Jamal Williams, who ran for a career high 144 yards and a touchdown in a blowout 41 to 10 win for the Lions over the Bears. The Lions have a shot to make the playoffs.
1: I hope they do because I need them to beat the Packers, the Seahawks to beat the Rams.
0: After a one in six start, wild. Taysom Hill had 46 rush yards, a rushing touchdown and one catch for nine yards, and a 20-10 win for the New Orleans Saints over the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Fred Warner had a game-high 12 tackles in the Niners' OT win against the Raiders. Harvey Longy with the Raiders, now had nine tackles in that game as well. Tyler Algier, 83 yards rushing and a touchdown, 12-yard catch in the Falcons' 20-19 win over the Cardinals, and Kyrus Tonga had five tackles in the Vikings' 41-17 loss to the Packers.
0: These NFL headlines, obviously very much secondary to what happened last night in Cincinnati. Downright chilling scene between the Bills and Bengals when Bills safety DeMar Hamlin went down after a tackle and into cardiac arrest. An unnerving, terrible situation that really pushed pause on the sports world in a lot of ways. So at this time, we would like to add our sincere concern and prayers and we're sending good vibes to Damar Hamlin, his family, his teammates, and all those impacted by this uh, really, really difficult situation. All the best to Damar. That said, time to rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending.
1: Just, just see what this can become because uh, I think the
2: sky's the limit. <laughs>
0: Defensive staff complete. Yes, we are on now with a new defensive staff at BYU, adding most recently Justin Enna. So Jay Hill is your defensive coordinator. He will lead the safeties. Sione Puja is going to coach the defensive tackles. Kelly Papinga is going to hand the defensive ends and coordinate the special teams. And, of course, Jernaro Guilford stays with the cornerbacks. Jeremy, what do you think of the defensive staff
1: as currently constituted at BYU? All those in favor, please make it manifest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm stoked. Uh, I think this is great. When we were coming up with potential defensive coordinators, we didn't even say Jay Hill's name because we didn't think that was uh, you know, a realistic option. It becomes an option, and now, now you have – the best of some of the BYU Utah good defenses of the past couple of years. So you have Jay Hill, his influence obviously from Utah. C- Sioni Puha from Utah, obviously. Justin Enna was at Utah for a couple of years. Obviously, Kalani Stocky had been there. Like the good that uh, BYU has had defensively as former players here in Papinga and Enna and Guilford. And then the good that Utah has done, you're having that influence as well. Why not take the best influences around you, even from your rival, put them together, and have a great defense? So I am excited about that. The second thing that sticks out is this. I'm excited for, obviously, the newness. The Big 12 is going to be new regardless. But uh, uh, guys that come in with hungry, uh, something to prove. Two guys who have already been on the staff in Guilford and Papinga before. Anna returns to BYU, which is awesome. He's been a defensive coordinator um, at Utah State in 2019. He's been at every school in Utah. He worked with Ed Lamb at Southern Utah. Like He's been at Utah with former Cougar Kyle Whittingham and all that. So it's exciting. It it feels feels like Avengers light. You're bringing these guys together. Now, certainly playing defense in the Big 12 is tough. There's going to be some games where BYU gives up 40-plus, but where BYU scores 50. Uh, And it is what it is. But... I'm excited for, um, you know, what hopefully, obviously, will be a better defense. We'll get into that in a second. But in terms of the personnel, who you got, where you got them from, it's not five of the same kind of guy. It's, there's a variety there. Yeah. There's a mix of, like I said, Utes and Cougs and uh, influences from different places. So I, I think it's very exciting, and this feels like a, a, what could be a great staff.
0: Yeah, it's an eclectic group. I mean, these guys have been around a lot of football for a long time, and – Obviously, we were very excited about the Jay Hill edition, and Jay Hill went and got his guys. Like, I think the biggest surprise is the addition of Sione Puja.
1: Yes, that was brought, got him out of retirement. Talking him out of
0: retirement. Yeah. He went into retirement because he was just tired. He wanted more yeah. time with his family, and BYU kind of felt like the perfect fit for him. These are his words because BYU and Kalani Satake are big on, hey, allowing you time with your family but when we're at work, we work. It's a delicate balance for sure, but Jay Hill getting Sione Puha to unretire is really, really exciting. Kelly Papinga's already making an impact because of his connections with Boise State guys who went into the portal, and now, are we at three now at BYU? I love it. <laughs> okay, so BYU loses out to Baylor, but hey, we gained from Boise State. It is what it is, and I like Justin, and I think, he, and, and this is coming from inside the staff He is re energized. He's gone through some stuff off the field, on the field. He's re energized at BYU. He's very excited to be here. And I think all these guys can recruit, led by Jay Hill. I mean, the number one thing I heard, as awesome as Jay Hill was at Weaver State, like leading the troops on the field, the first thing I heard from his inner circle at Weaver State was, well, congratulations, your in-state recruiting just got like a million times better.
1: Yeah, and and BYU needs to do that because there have been certain players lost to other schools out of the state, in the state, whatever. So, yes, you have to recruit and you have to be able to coach. You have to be able to do both. Obviously, uh, can you be great at every single thing? Well, some are, but if you're great at anything, I would just love to be able to recruit because you need good players to win games. Obviously, you can coach them up and you can develop guys that aren't, Uh, heralded out of high school, but you need to be able to do both. And I think at BYU, the coaching has always been really good. It's can we recruit at a higher level to get better players to then elevate them from that three, four-star status to five-star players. Brady Christensen and Zach Wilson end up five-star college players, if you will. Uh, Jaron Hall comes in as a three-star. He exits as a four-star college player, if you will, a second or third-round type guy. Perhaps he goes later, he's three-star, if you will. But the point is, you need both. And now Justin N, who actually coached at Weber State with Jay Hill, connections, right, uh, galore with these guys. It's exciting to uh, get these guys together. Which brings us to topic two. Now that the defensive staff is in place, what do you expect in year one defensively in the Big 12?
0: Well, number one, I expect BYU's defensive, defensive efficiency to improve. And I expect BYU to be, I don't know, a top 80 defense? Is is that too much to ask in year one no. of the
1: Big 12? In fact, it's pretty low. Right? Yeah. I, 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 would I thought about it because I'm like, top oh, man, you're,
0: you're going to the Big 12, though, so you're going to face some high-powered offenses. that are going to sling the rock all over the field. We don't know who BYU is going to play in year one of the Big 12, but regardless, it's going to be difficult, and you're going to face some spread offensive attacks. So I, I settled on the number 80 because – That's like almost 20 spots higher than what BYU finished this year at. And you're going into a more difficult scenario. So maybe I'm managing expectations to a degree, but I expect BYU to be at least in the top 80 in defensive efficiency. (laughs) I hope so.
1: And the schedule
0: matters. And top 65 in points allowed. I want BYU, I feel like they will be somewhere in the middle, but in the top half of college football in points allowed. Maybe that's too much to hope for going into the Big 12 in year one. I don't know, but that that's kind of where I settled was, yeah, I, I think BYU could be 60, 65th in points allowed and top 80 in defensive efficiency. And if they are that, then that's probably a win
1: better. It probably means you went to a bowl game. Yes. Hopefully. Yes. Who, who knows? Um, I mean, you could have those numbers and certainly be 5 and 7. I point.
0: mean, if, if we're talking like, hey, quantify it in terms of wins and losses, I said last week on the show, I feel like Keaton Slovis and Aiden Robbins, along with Aaron Roderick and the continuity of him being the offensive coordinator and like, like the offensive staff all being in place, I feel like that takes BYU from six wins to seven wins. Okay, I feel like BYU is a seven-win team with Keaton Slovis as quarterback. Some people are like, no, no, too ambitious. That's how I feel. Seven wins with Keaton Slovis.
1: Seven and five, too ambitious. So those words have as, never as been the starting on quarterback this program.
0: This defensive staff might take my over-under to seven and a half wins next season. Okay? The combination of transfer portal people and the staff, I've got BYU probably at seven and a half wins. Right, now. That's, where, that's where I'm putting the over-under.
1: I want more havoc uh, is what I want. Ooh, so, okay. Because... I, honestly, the, the thing that matters is points allowed, right? Yards, yards per play, uh, you know, points per possession. Those are the things that matter. But if there's more havoc, I, th- which is more TFLs, which include sacks, INTs, breakups, forced fumbles, that you, that you just – those are game-changing plays. Those yes. are momentum-changing yes. plays. Okay? And, and Here's the other thing. I want to feel as confident about the defense as I do about the offense. So when I watched the Rose Bowl yesterday with Utah um, – I thought when they were on defense, I was like, oh, gosh, they just make plays. They just get after them. Now, they didn't as much. They gave up 35 and lost. But I, I felt like watching that Utah defense, I was like, Utah fans get excited on defense. Right now on defense, we're like, well, hopefully BYU can get the ball back. Somehow. Hold on. Hopefully there's a stop. I'm not talking necessarily just about this year. I, the identity of BYU is offense historically. But um, until like this year mm-hmm. in the NFL, it's been a defensive team the players from BYU in, in the NFL for the most part, right?
0: Now it's skill players. Now it's
1: skill players. It's getting that way. It's both sides of the ball. You got um, one, of the best running, uh, one of the best rookie running backs in the league, one of the best running backs in the league total, and you have the best middle linebacker. And you
0: got the most unique player
1: in yes. the entire NFL. So you, you're here. checking all these boxes. We hope that Zach would be like the next quarterback. Obviously that hasn't happened now. Perhaps he has a Geno Smith um, awakening, which by Love the way. Love that.
0: Love that interaction. Great
1: interaction because Geno it. knows that road and he knows it from the Jets. So that was a cool interaction for my quarterback, Juno Smith, after that Seahawks game. But what I want to feel like with BYU football, Spence, is on defense that I go, oh, I can't wait to watch this. This is going to be awesome because there's going to be some kind of pick, some kind of blitz, some kind of three and out where you feel that confidence. And now if BYU's defense can take a step forward, maybe two steps forward, now you're actually competing for a Big 12 title. And we're not talking about over ambitious or just ambitious being 7-5, right? We go, okay, BYU can finish in the top three. And who knows? That's the, lo- the lovely part of this thing that we call sport is TCU was not expected to do what they did this year. A lot and of Michigan, people thought they were going to finish bottom of the conference. Right? And Michigan had a great, de- like, they had a really good defense coming in, and they got torched yeah. by Max Duggan, the yeah, backup. Adam boy, Max. The backup. Like, um, it's just exciting uh, to you just don't know sometimes. And so next year, I almost go in with, I don't know what the defense is going to expect, but I would like more Havoc. Aggressive. I would like to feel more confident and excited about watching defense. And uh, perhaps we get that.
0: I need to add this caveat. It's going to be more enjoyable watching BYU's defense be on attack. Jay Hill sat across the room from us the Studio B and said, I've never been one to just sit back and kind of just let an offense do what they want to do. I will attack. I will impose my will. But there will understandably be some big plays given up yeah, on BYU's defense because the risk. they're going to be more aggressive. So BYU's been really good at like not giving up like these huge explosive plays over the last four or five years. There are going to be more of those, but there will be more havoc. There will be. Yeah. You're going to get that. Yes. But it's okay that in in translation of all of that, like there are going to be some that's big They're going to be some big plays
1: given up. Yeah. If the risk reward will be higher
0: for sure. All right, let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. Our question of the day, how will you measure success with this BYU defensive staff in year one of play in the Big 12 Conference? Stan Adona on Facebook adds, the name of the game is recruiting. Starts there. The staff needs to show recruits that BYU plays a fun, attacking style of defense that prepares players for the National Football League. I believe Jay Hill's message to Sione Asera was let the big dogs eat, attack, right?
1: <laughs> and, that, and that's all great rhetoric, right? Like anyone can say that. Go do it. But like, let's, and I'm excited to see it in action. It's, it, rarely does a coach show up and say, we're going we're gonna to slow it down, we're going to play passive. Like no one wants to hear that. That's not good marketing. Come on now.
0: I love that. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We absolutely need to add our condolences and love to the Vecoso family. Uh, as most of you know, across BYU Sports Nation. BYU offensive lineman Sione Vecoso passed away in a tragic construction accident in his hometown of Kailua, Hawaii. Sione was just 22 years old. On behalf of all of us at BYU Sports Nation, our thoughts, prayers, concern, love, are now with Sione's family, friends, and all of his teammates during a very difficult time time. We love you, Sione. We love the Vecoso family. Sione Vecoso passes away at the age of 22. Doing it live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is the year of the Big 12. <laughs> it's 2023.
1: We haven't done a countdown of the Big 12.
0: Let's go. Yeah, we need to re-implement that, don't we? Do we? Uh, while we think about that, We need to bring in our good friend for the first time in 2023, ESPN college football insider, expert, and analyst. He is a BYU national champion, Trevor Maddich, for A Maddich Tuesday on BYUSN. Trevor, first and foremost, Happy New Year. Hope you had a fantastic holiday season.
3: It was a wonderful holiday season. and uh, New Year was perfect. I was doing uh, radio pre-game, post-game, and halftime for the both playoff games, and so I didn't get to go out, but I got to stay in and watch two of the most spectacular college football games in recent memory.
0: Incredible stuff. We'll get to that in just a moment, but there are big things happening at BYU, notably at the quarterback position. Keaton Slovis leaving Pittsburgh at once uh, a point in his career, he was the Pac-12 freshman of the year at USC. Now he's a BYU quarterback. Trevor, what do you think of the Keaton Slovis addition to lead the Cougars at a quarterback as they go into the Big 12?
3: It is absolutely fantastic. Of the available quarterbacks in the portal this year, he would be in the, in the tip-top tier of guys that you would want to bring in if they would want to come. The thing is, he's, he's played a lot of football. And so on the field, he's seen defenses. He could read defenses. He's been in a couple of different kinds of systems. He understands how to apply progressions to different coverages. He's got the potential for tremendous accuracy. Those things are all very important. He's got a very strong arm, which is important, too, because BYU's offensive system relies on a lot of deep passing to open things up and for deep strikes. And he's got the arm to be able to hit those, just like Jaron Hall did, just like Zach Wilson did. But more than that, he's got experience. I mean, he's been through so much. It's one thing if you're a, a hotshot freshman, you come rolling in with a whole bunch of stars next to your name and you've never had any adversity. He's had success, great success. But he's also had some adversity with injury and having to de- work through that kind of a thing. And so I think he's got a maturity and a leadership that he'll be able to step right in and be a leader in that locker room. I think it's it's a, on every level a fantastic transfer for BYU. And I think it's great for Keith because he's got a young, dynamic group of receivers. He's got a really good and intriguing group of running backs. And even with transfers and possibly the NFL, he's got an experienced big group of offensive linemen in front of him. I think this is a great marriage.
1: Let's talk about one of those running backs you mentioned, Aiden Robbins, coming over after two years at Louisville and then UNLV. We'll hear from him later in the program. What do you think he can do, perhaps as running back uh, number
3: one for BYU in the first year of the Big 12? Well, he's huge. He's about, what, 6'2", 6'3", 230 pounds. He's the kind of a guy that can just be a hammer, just an absolute bludgeon. And then you've got Miles Davis to compliment him, and, and you know Rapati's coming back as well. So you've got a really good, diverse skill set in the running back room. And I think Robbins is the kind of a guy that could be an absolute workhorse. I mean, just to pound defenses and wear them down. And, and BYU showed in the last couple of games against Stanford in the bowl game, what can happen if they really commit to that run? And I think that with with Robbins there, I think they've got uh, just a, a fantastic addition. Uh, but he's not the only one. But the way he fits in because of his size and his power, I think, give the offensive coaching staff a whole lot of options. I think it's another wonderful transfer for BYU. And I think it's great for Robbins because of that offensive line in front of him and because of the, the skill players in the passing game that can keep safeties out of the box for him.
0: Trevor Maddich is on BYU Sports Nation, part of a Maddich Tuesday. Let's switch over to the defensive side of things. Now the BYU coaching staff is set for the defense. Obviously, Jay Hill as the coordinator was the huge acquisition. He gets Sione Puja to unretire, brings over Kelly Papinga from Boise State, has Gennaro Guilford staying around, and most recently the Cougars add Justin Enna, former Cougar linebacker great. Trevor, how much of an impact do you expect this new defensive staff to make for BYU in year one of the Big 12?
3: Well, it should have a huge impact because of experience and what they can do. All of them, You can make a case that a lot of these guys are even overqualified. And you see the best defensive staffs around the country tend to have a lot of coaches that have experience as coordinators. And Coach Papinga, special teams coordinator. Coach Enna has got seven years of his career where he was a defensive coordinator, now position coach. And of course, Coach Hill a former head coach, and all the rest of the stuff that he's done. So you've got coaches that know the big picture, not just what the puzzle piece that they're working on is from a standpoint of the micro view, but the macro view. And I think that's really important. You put that together with the style that they're going to run, the attacking style, and all of a sudden you have the kind of a defense that'll be a whole lot of fun for those defenders to run. And when it's fun, when you attack, you tend to attract more recruits. Recruits don't want to, defensive recruits don't want to read and react. They want to attack. They want to get the sacks, the tackles for loss, the things that makes the splash plays, you know, the things that get them NIO money because it raises their profile because of all the splash plays that they can make. This is a splash play kind of a defense. And the coaching staff that they've put together has tremendous experience to be able to make all the parts work into a cohesive whole.
1: We walk into next season not knowing a few things. How exactly this defense will function, how exactly BYU will fare, how exactly the Big 12 will be, who even BYU plays. So what's fair at this point to expect this fall in football for BYU defensively in the Big 12, Trevor?
3: I think defensively, it's fair to expect that they will have a much better havoc rate. Havoc plays are plays that that look create havoc. So you're talking about tackles for loss, sacks, pass breakups, interceptions. There's a there's a series of, of things that go into that. And BYU needs to create more of that. I think with Tyler Batty coming back and then with Ben Bywater up front to go with the front seven and linebacker group that should still be very active there should be the capacity to get behind the line and create those havoc plays. And that, I think, would be the foundation for BYU's success on defense, to get behind the line and get teams behind the chains because they create negative plays.
0: Trevor, we've talked about BYU just getting to a bowl game in year one of the Big 12. Win six games, call it good. It's always tough to make the Power 5 transition. I just said I feel like with the addition of Keaton Slovis and Aiden Robbins and this new defensive staff, I'd probably put my win loss total at seven and a half. Is that fair? Too high? Too low? What do you think?
3: I think that would be a a great season because remember that part of the equation is not the the players that you're talking about and the coaching staff, it's the depth. And what has, what BYU has struggled with really in recent years as they've piled up the number of Power Five teams that they've played is depth issues down the down the road in the season, late in the season, when they had a lot of guys hurt. I mean, just look at all the guys that were out in the bowl game this year. And now all of a sudden they're going to end up playing nine, ten, you know, power five games, which is something that they've never done before. And so the depth, I think, will have more of a um, an impact on their season win total than any other single thing. So seven and a half, if they can get to that point, if they can get to, to, to seven, eight wins, I think that would be a phenomenal season as they continue to recruit to build power five debts.
1: Oh, I'd take eight right now. Yeah, six or seven feels like it's in the wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. uh, and hopefully it's that high, right? Let's talk about uh, what you mentioned, the college football semifinal games. I mean, traditionally, the winning team has won by like 21. There's been a couple uh, great games, but those were two just epic games. So what did you think of those games? And And uh, do you have Georgia beating TCU in the championship game like most people?
3: Yeah, right now I'm I'm still watching tape of the the games. I want to go back and watch it in more detail. But I'm definitely leaning Georgia. And the reason is the way Georgia and TCU won. Both of those victories were flawed. Georgia... Their defense at times seems like they were trying to give it away <laughs> by losing contain, by getting out of pass rush lanes and allowing Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud to break out and either make big plays with his legs, which he doesn't normally do, or to extend plays and make big plays, pass plays off the scramble, which he does a lot. And I'm not talking about guys getting blocked out of their lanes. I'm talking about a contain guy rushing upfield and then deciding he wants to go inside. And so the quarterback just runs outside where he's supposed to have contained. You look at TCU, though, it's different. Georgia overcame even though that happened. TCU won by six points. But the Michigan quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, threw two pick sixes. And Michigan drove the ball inside the five-yard line on three occasions where they came out with a combined three points. And I thought the play calling down there was absolutely, I guess the, the most gentle way you can say it is a head scratcher. Uh, abysmal is another way to put it, in terms of the, the position that the players uh, were in because of the plays that the coaches called. Especially on, on first and goal inside the one-yard line, there was a fumble that TCU recovered in the end zone, and it was a, a, a quick handoff to a fullback who was two yards away from the line of scrimmage, leaning so far forward that I thought he was going to fall down. He had to get up out of that stance, get ready and balanced up to take the handoff, and then take the hit immediately, and he never did get the handoff because he couldn't do it that quickly. And by the way, he was a, a converted linebacker. Why in the world are they calling that play on first and 10? So I think if you look at TCU, Michigan did a whole lot to help them, although credit TCU for making the plays that were there to be made. Georgia overcame mistakes against an Ohio State team that was on fire. So I really think that uh, Georgia right now has the edge going in because TCU can't count on the Bulldogs to make the same mistakes that Michigan did.
0: Fantastic insight from Trevor Maddich. Georgia 13-point favorite over TCU right now. Trevor, as always, uh, a pleasure to talk with you, man. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, guys. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on a Maddich Tuesday from BYU to the college football playoff. Uh, and I think it's fair to assume that most BYU fans are rooting for TCU as a fellow Big Twelve.
1: We'll, d- we'll discuss coming up. The right? Whip. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. Okay. We'll see. Tune in tonight for BYU basketball with Mark Pope as coach and Greg Rubel. Okay. to uh, a big week with LMU in San Diego, nice wins over Pacific and Portland. 8:30 Eastern on the BYU TV app tonight.
0: No former BYU football player has ever rushed for a thousand plus yards in an NFL season. Will two players do it this year? We'll discuss next on BYUSN. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter
1: of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Make sure you follow this show on social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok.
0: Here's Jeremiah Spencer. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
1: Tyler Algier's 1,039 scrimmage yards are the most by a Falcons rookie in the last 40 years. Is he better than he thought this year?
0: He is having a better year than I thought he would have. I knew that the Falcons were high on him, covered him in the preseason, talked to a bunch of the Falcons staff, and they were like, oh, he's awesome. I didn't think he was going to be this good, Jerem. I mean, he is, he is making an outside run at rookie of the year consideration. He's probably in that top 10 scenario.
1: Yeah, he won't win it, but he's in the conversation. Good for him. Yeah, he's way better than I thought. I I thought he'd kind of be the number two and here and there, 400, 500 yards. No, if if he has 100 yards, he gets 1,000, which would be crazy, which by the the way, Jamal Williams has 994. Mm -hmm. He is getting that against the Packers and will become the first Cougar ever in the NFL to rush for 1,000
0: yards. Yes, he's only six yards away from that 1,000-yard mark. Will BYU have not one, but 2,000-yard rushers this season when it's never happened before?
1: Now, with Tyler, he's playing the Bucks, right? Yes. Ne- needs a hundy. They're only giving up 83 yards total yeah. the last three games. They're really good. So I'm not sure it's going to happen for, uh, for Tyler, but Jamal's going to get it. Up.
0: Yeah, Jamal's going to get it. Tyler's going to come up just short, and that's OK. Yeah. That's OK.
1: This This. uh, post-Rose Bowl tweet came in from Big Game Boomer Cutter. Uh, Utah still has the same amount of Rose Bowl wins as BYU, and that is zero. Is he (laughs) one of us? One of us! One of us!
0: Not officially, but I think uh, (laughs) close enough, right? Yeah, he just loves, he loves to needle Utah fans.
1: He's not the only one. In a post-game interview about the uh, Lions win over the Bears, Jamal Williams was asked about Aaron Rodgers uh, talking some trash about the Lions. Here's what he said. (laughs) I don't,
0: talk about. I don't watch, TV. You watch TV. You didn't hear about
2: it? Ugh, I'm trying not to cuss. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to play football and go home. You holding me? You holding me right now? I just want to go home and play Pokemon. We
0: go home and play Pokemon.
2: Yeah. Um, Pokemon. Yeah. Don't do that. You can't disrespect Pokemon like that. Pokemon. Man.
0: Like
2: You sound old. I got old. my nephew
0: some Pokemon cards.
2: They're kind of a big deal. Yeah. I don't know what cars you got on me. They must have sucked because you, you calling them Pokemon. But it's a fine. Never mind. I'm off topic. Come on. My bad. I'm
1: sorry. Is Jamal justified in correcting the reporter's mispronunciation of Pokemon?
0: One million percent yes. Come on. Pokemon. Pokemon? Stop. It's Pokemon. Pocket Monster. It's po- Pocket Monster.
1: Pokemon. This guy clearly doesn't have kids. <laughs> Join Gregor Bell and Mark Durant. Thursday night as BYU faces LMU and men's soups looking for an eighth straight win. 10 Eastern on BYU Radio.
0: Love the deflector shield that Jamal's wearing in that interview as well. <laughs> deflector shield? Up next, new BYU what? running back Aiden Robbins joins yeah. us. What are his expectations as he transfers to BYU? This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by
0: Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. We would now like to welcome officially to BYU Sports Nation the new running back, y'all, the A-Train, Aiden Robbins, who is joining us from Louisville, Kentucky right now, just a few days away from making his way to Provo, Utah. Aiden, welcome to BYU Sports Nation.
2: Hey, I appreciate y'all for having me, man.
0: You got it. Number one question I think most BYU fans want answered is, why was BYU the right fit for you right now?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, it all starts with the relationship. Um, I've had a relationship with these coaches since I was in high school, man. So, um, you know, I had a great relationship with Coach Sataki, Coach Harvey Unga, um, Coach A.J. Stewart, who was formerly here, um, but now is at Oregon State. You know, all great people, man. Um, you know, I love the culture that y'all are building here. <clears throat> You all have a lot of success at the running back position, um, offensive line, quarterback. And, uh, it was really just an intriguing offense to play in, man. And so I uh, just felt like it was the best opportunity for me.
1: You went to Louisville, uh, where you're from and where you are right now out of high school, uh, and then you went to be last year for 1,000 yards. So how close were you to actually coming to BYU out of high school?
2: Uh, really close. Honestly, I, was, I really would say um, BYU was, was number two behind my hometown, so.
0: When did BYU come back into the picture for you on the timeline of events here?
2: BYU was actually the first school to reach out to me um, in this transition with the transfer portal. So, you know, that alone meant meant a lot to me. And then, you know, I'm gonna go back to talking about the relationships, you know. Um, this coach and staff had a, has a pretty good relationship with my family as well. And, you know, that, that's really attractive to me is also.
1: And that's awesome because, look, BYU's looking for mm-hmm. an RB1. And you mentioned the success at some yeah. of the skill positions the last couple of years. Notably, Jamal Williams in the NFL and Tyler Algier as a rookie. Uh, what have those meant to you in terms of what maybe you could be the next guy there?
2: Yeah, for sure, man. It's, um, it gives me a lot of confidence that it can be done. And um, <clears throat> just with the system and, and, and Coach, you know, Coach Grimes was here previously, but, um, you know, I like what Coach A-Rod does as well. So, you know, I'm really excited, and I think I'd be a great fit in this offense.
0: Now, just to clarify on the eligibility front because of the whole COVID scenario and red shirts, how much eligibility do you have remaining?
2: I have two years left.
1: Hey, that's that's news to all of our ears. I love that. What's your official height and weight, by the way? Because we see 6'2", 6'3", listed, 230. 6'3",
2: 230.
1: 6'3", 230.
2: <laughs> At what point were you like, yes,
1: I'm a running back? And were you always big and strong?
2: Yeah, um, my story is kind of crazy. Um, growing up, I wasn't allowed to play running back because in Little League we had a weight <laughs> limit. And so... Um, I would I would strip to my draws, man, to try and get under the weight limit. Um, but day of the game, <laughs> and I would still be over the weight limit, so they would have to put a, a big fat X on the back of my helmet, which means you can't. You're not allowed to be a ball carrier. You weigh too much. So I believe my second year playing, I was the fast guy on the team. I was over the weight limit, and on offense, I was playing right tackle, and on defense, I was playing free safety. So yeah, and then I um. I started playing running back in sixth grade when I got to um, my mid- the middle school league. In the middle school league, there's no weight limit or anything like that. So, you know, it's free range. And that was kind of when I found my, you know, my natural talent uh, carrying the football. So...
0: I've got fantastic news in NCAA Division I football at BYU in the Big 12. There's no weight limit, Aiden. There's a
1: big old X on the back of your
2: helmet.
0: You can't can't put an X on the back of your helmet if you want, though. Whatever. (laughs) Aiden Robbins is with us on BYU Sports Nation, transfer running back from UNLV. Aiden, recently Keaton Slovis became news for BYU football, coming in as a transfer quarterback. How do you feel about your partnership with him both as transfers out of the portal
2: yeah great man um you know i've I've heard great things about him uh seen him play a couple times um but man i'm i'm really excited to to get to work with this guy you know build chemistry with him and build a bond build a brotherhood and you know play football man i'm excited
1: Hey, we're excited, too. And it's in this new era with the Big 12. Um, what role did that play in, in coming to BYU? Obviously, you said they were number two out of high school. But would you have come to BYU still if they were an independent? And how much of a draw was the Big 12 for you?
2: Yeah, for sure. I really, I really don't think them being an independent would have necessarily took me away from coming to BYU just because, I mean, you can look at the strength of y'all's schedule last year, you know. Y'all had a very difficult schedule last year. Um, although you're not solidified in a conference or whatnot, you know, it's, it's still a good opportunity to get some great film and, um, you know, beat some good teams, man. And um, with y'all going into the Big 12, it, it, it was it was a good opportunity because, you know, the Big 12 is a really competitive conference, you know, especially with the additions of, um, you know, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. And with Texas and Oklahoma still remaining in the conference, you know, it's, it's, it's really intriguing.
0: Aiden, it's a new year. We all set resolutions and goals. What are your goals in year one as a BYU running back going into the Big 12?
2: Win some football games and change my life. I'm not going to get into detail, but we're going to win some ball games this year.
1: Hey, that's the goal in year one, certainly. Um, what what yeah. worked for you at UNLV with a 1,000 yards last year that wasn't working at Louisville?
2: Uh, honestly, just getting an opportunity, man, just getting an opportunity, getting a chance to showcase my skills and, and um, you know, do what I've been doing since an early age. So that's really all I was missing was the opportunity and just getting a chance to, to showcase my abilities.
0: I know that you're relatively new to BYU football because you just announced, but what players <laughs> have you most interacted with and what type of relationships are you forming with current BYU guys right now?
2: yeah definitely um i would say the running back room for sure you know those guys are like brothers to me it, it seemed like when i met you know a lot of those guys on my official visit it felt like we had known each other for years man for uh miles you know chris brooks you know a lot of those guys like those, those are great dudes man and um you know i wish chris Brooks to have some more eligibility because he's a, he's a great dude but um yeah def- definitely the the running back room and you know some of the linemen coming up to me speaking and, um, you know, that was that was great, man. I, I can't wait to build a bond with these guys. How would you describe the way you play football? Physical,
1: fast, and tough. Are there any players in the NFL that you simulate, emulate?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say over the course of NFL history, uh, I do a lot of research and uh, film watching to try and, you know, make myself the best, version of myself I could say as a run in terms of being a running back. Um, you know, I'm a bigger back, so i I study bigger backs, you know, Derrick Henry, Eddie George, um, Tavius Murray, Adrian Peterson, um, you know, all types of bigger backs, but I also watch, you know, smaller backs so I can work on different different um <clears throat> aspects of my game, you know, um, like ballots and and getting in and out of cuts quickly like Alvin Kamara does. So No, definitely, definitely got to, you know, you got to love the game. You got to love watching the game. And um, that's how you get better. You got to watch the greats do it.
1: What's the thing you do best on a football field?
2: Run the pill. Tote the (laughs) pigskin.
1: Can't wait to see it on third and fourth and short and getting first downs, man.
2: Yes, sir. I can't wait either.
1: Aiden Robbins is on BYU
0: Sports Nation. You mentioned that this is a unique BYU offense that you like and you feel like you will fit into nicely. Why do you feel like you will fit into this specific Aaron roderick led BYU offense?
2: Well, it's a, it's a physical offense. Um, it's a physical style of play. Running allows the running backs to get downhill, allows the running backs to make one cut and go, have one read. Um, you know, I really like the way that they do blocking schemes, you know seven man protections, things that I haven't done. I haven't really been engaged in any seven man protections, so that's you know that's really cool to do that and then you know the ability to catch the ball of the backfield as well and yeah, um you know just just to be featured in a very explosive offense.
0: Aiden, we're excited for you to get here. Let's talk about your timeline. When do you expect to show up in provo and push forward?
2: I'll be her on the seven.
1: Well, it's going to be awesome, man. And, hey, we're going to get you some BYU uh, swag. Uh, I noticed you on LV, love it. You still love your old school, but we'll get you some BYU stuff here yep. soon enough, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I need the blue and white, the royal <laughs> blue and white.
1: Absolutely.
0: We got you. Some, man. <laughs> okay, we can handle the royal. We won't put X's on any of the gear either. I don't know. We...
1: I think one on the back of the helmet would be awesome. <laughs> I just, that would be awesome.
0: <laughs> Hey, Aiden, congratulations on your success at UNLV and on uh, the decision to come to BYU. Cannot wait to watch you play. We'll see you on January 7th, man.
2: Yes, man. Thank you all so much, man. It's truly an honor.
0: You got it. Aiden Robbins out of Louisville, Kentucky, transferring from UNLV to BYU.
1: RB1, right there. He's going to be the starter in game one, you'd think. And uh, big physical back, got a personality, which is fun. Hey, we got to get him some BYU swag. <laughs> yes. That. Which is, hey, he's we got to jokingly
0: should, like, like put and a it. taped X somewhere <laughs> on
1: something. <laughs> I was too big. You're I was the second fastest kid. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, if you missed that conversation, which you didn't, you're watching right now, or Trevor Madich from earlier in the show, or the other shows that you want to watch, interviews, conversations, games, go to OSN.com. they got all of us.
0: Up next, the injury bug rears its ugly or beautiful, if you're in Jerem's world, head in fantasy basketball. (laughs) More of the same, (laughs) this is BYU Sports Nation.
3: BYU Sports Nation is presented
0: by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU athletics.
1: Hopefully Max Thule and that defense get a bunch more uh, picks next year. You know what I'm saying? The show's on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU Radio app and uh, subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast.
0: It is the first Top 5 Tuesday of 2023. And with that in mind, here are the top five things we, as BYU fans, are
1: looking forward to in the year of the Big 12. Number five, March Madness hopes. Can men and or women's basketball get interesting enough to make March Madness. Uh, men's Hoops on a seven game win streak, 12 and five now, 93 in the net ranking, seven game win streak, need to certainly make a run there. Women's Hoops seven and eight, 128 net ranking, three game win streak, hopefully they can climb in. Not sure if either will make it, but they're certainly making it more interesting right now, This is exciting.
0: Okay. At number four, the approaching NFL draft, and with former BYU players involved there, where are they all gonna end up? We're absolutely looking forward to that. Where does Jaron Hall end up as a quarterback? Does he go as a second or third rounder, slide to the fourth or fifth round? Puka Nakua, one of the most dynamic receivers to ever play at BYU. Blake Freeland, even though he hasn't officially announced yet still that he's going he to the NFL. Like he's
1: gone, but it comes back Okay,
0: where's he gonna go? Peyton Wilgar, Lorenzo Falatea. Does Gunnar Romney earn himself an undrafted free agent contract after an unfortunate injury-riddled pass with BYU football.
1: Yeah, and, and I wonder if Peyton's probably an undrafted free agent as well given uh, the injuries there, but maybe he slides in at the end of the draft. You know. Number three, which team will win the Big 12 title first? Ooh, first one. Okay. Cross country, women's soccer, women's volleyball. I think cross country happens first, I think. Yes. So they'll that'll probably be the first one, right? First opportunity. Anyway. Yes. Women's volleyball has got to deal with Texas. Women's soccer could certainly do it. TCU, pretty good team there. Kansas, good as well. But all three walk in really good in the Big yes, 12.
0: Yes, women's soccer brings basically everybody back, and yep. they just got better. They just added another UCLA transfer. Strangely, I think it's gonna be women's soccer that wins the first Big 12 title. I it's think not it'll, cross country. I think it'll yet. be cross country. Okay, if it's not cross country, yeah, but you're right. All three have a legit shot. Women's
1: volleyball, once Texas leaves, they're right there.
0: Let's go. At number two, the Keaton Slovis era
1: of BYU football. One year. It'll be an amazing four months.
0: We're looking forward to, yes, <laughs> what Keaton does by the numbers, but how much of an impact does he make for BYU because he is a Power 5 tested quarterback? We've, we have seen you know, a lot of different Power 5 transfers. Some work out really well. Bo Nicks, you know, comes to mind most recently. And then we've seen some backfire. Charlie Brewer at Utah was a yep. terrible,
1: whiff, right? Yeah, well, he helped end the streak. <laughs> or it was a <laughs> yeah. glorious. It was amazing. He was great. Move. He's my favorite Utah quarterback ever, by far. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, Keaton is USC Keaton. Yeah. Because the last few years, numerically, not good. There were a lot of factors that went into that shoulder injury, surgeries. Coordinators getting fired early. Yeah. Da, da, da. But hopefully, Keaton with Aaron Roderick and. Can do some stuff, man. And number one, just being in the Big 12. Getting the schedule hopefully here soon, maybe February. Joining in July, playing in the fall. Uh, first game as a Big 12 member, by the way, in football, Sam Houston on September 2nd. It's, it's uh, the year finally where we're going to be in the Big 12. We've waited a year, uh, you know, a year and three months to this point. We're going to wait another seven and then another two. I want after the schedule. That. Just give me the schedule already. I would love to know the teams we aren't playing because there's only four we aren't playing. We thought we were we getting it in October,
0: attended. and then it's like, ah, oh, maybe mid-November. Then we oh, were told December, December 1st, no. Now it's early February? Give me the schedule. <laughs>
1: Just, whatever.
0: On to fantasy basketball and recapping the weekend. You know, I thought I had a shot here,
1: Jeremy. Yeah. I was yeah.
0: like, oh, <sighs> this is my week. This is yeah. my week because Women's basketball gave me what they needed to give me. Bonnie yeah. Falte was fantastic. She it was, was amazing. Car was great. wasn't good enough. Gideon George was really good. Is this what it was like Jackson during football Robinson. for you? Yeah. Is
1: this what it was like? It's kind of fun, right? Yeah, undefeated.
0: It's kind of like, ah. Uh, dominated. You're going to show up and give an effort? Yeah, yeah you're going to win. Tyler Robertson or? is Portland's best player. <laughs> Didn't play. He did not play. He Didn't averages play. 27 parbs per game. Averages.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, listen. I lost by 20. Listen, I did win a game without a... Opponent player playing. Well, Spencer Johnson was out for me. I know, the but same you chose week that, an
0: injured player in the The draft. same week that you had your injured guy, I had an injured guy out. But
1: you chose a guy who was hurt when you picked him. Because he <laughs> told me he was going to play. <laughs> <laughs> you can never trust a Spencer. <laughs> ah. Just kidding. Yeah, uh, I won by 20. Three and uh, them. I'm going to have to trust Spencer because, three you know, enough. spoiler
0: enough, alert, I'm probably picking him up this week now and that then, he's And elevated. then
1: the moment you don't have Jaron, destroyed.
0: Gosh dang it. Our question of the day, how will you measure the success of the new BYU defensive staff in year one of the Big 12, our elite voice of the day, presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. BYU 4 Trey on Twitter says third down percentage. Can they get off the field on third down and give the offense more chances to take over? Amen. Today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU athletics to the generosity of the BYU family. And that's a purposeful use of the word family there. Because the way the BYU family has stepped up in support of Sione Vicoso has been nothing short of remarkable. $30,000 raised on GoFundMe. That's amazing. An additional $10,000 plus on Venmo, which was coordinated by Houston Hemingway. That's $40,000 for mm. Sione Vicoso's family to help out in just a really, really tough time. Yeah. Awesome job by all of you. Our thanks to today's guests, Trevor Mattis and Aiden Robbins. Started then. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Hem. We'll see you tonight for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope at 830 Eastern. Go Cougs.